Welcome to the Loss and Lifting Talk podcast. The show is created to help you find your confidence by breaking down the complicated science of training and nutrition and turning it into simple, but more importantly, practical solutions that you can implement right away to start creating real results inside your body composition. We don't stop there either. We dive into the mental aspect of fitness to not only build a better body, but a better life all around. Podcasts were the medium where I learned and grew as an individual more than any other place in my life. The goal of this podcast is to give that back to you to start building the exact body and life that you know you're capable of. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Today, we're going to have a conversation around how to create a structure in your nutrition and your daily life that's actually going to make overeating something that's much harder to do. Because if there's anything that I know, when it comes to nutrition and staying on point, staying consistent so that you can drop body fat and get to your overall body composition goals that you have for yourself, one of the hardest pieces to that is setting up an environment and a mindset and expectations for yourself and really just a structure that's going to be able to set you you up for success. Because in our day-to-day lives, there's so many options for foods. There's so many easy ways to get off track that if we're not setting up simple strategies in our life to help us stay on track and just stay consistent with those, there's going to be so many decisions coming at us on a day-to-day basis that eventually decision fatigue is going to lay in. We're going to get sick of tracking. We may not see results happen as quickly as we want to. And we're just going to give back into old habits that put us in a position that we're in today that has us in a spot to where we want change, but the convenience of our lifestyle and the hardships of changing those conveniences and changing our mindset and changing our lifestyle are what ultimately stop us in the long run because we don't choose the inconvenience aspect of things. And that's what puts us in bad situations long-term that wants us to create change, right? So the goal of this podcast is to help give you a little bit of a structure on how to make overeating something actually harder to do and make staying within your nutrition goals, your caloric goals, however it is that you're choosing to diet, make that easier to stay consistent with longer term. And at the end of the day, overeating is still going to be an easy thing to do. We're just trying to add an extra barrier to that and give you a little bit of structure to your day-to-day to to think about, to help you stay more consistent with your caloric intake, to help keep you fuller, um, just to help keep you in a good position to be able to stay consistent. And that's going to come down to taking a proactive approach at the end of the day, right? The reason that most of us end up in positions to where we want to lose body fat, we want to get healthier, we don't have confidence, we want to get into a position to where um, our body is an asset in our lives rather than a liability in our lives. The reason that happens that we it ends up being a liability is just simply because of the convenience of life and being reactive towards situations that come up. And to fix that, it's going to come down to some uncomfortableness in terms of getting more proactive. And if you're not in a position to where you're ready to accept that, you're ready to accept some inconvenience, you're ready to accept having to take a little bit more of a proactive approach to your life, then you're not truly ready to start creating change in your body composition anyway. And anything I go over here with you isn't going to work. Any sort of diet isn't going to work for you long-term until you're ready to accept that life isn't going to be easy. Choices aren't going to be easy. Success isn't going to be easy leveling up as a human being and doing the things that you want to do isn't going to be easy. That's what makes things like getting into better shape, changing the way your body composition looks, transforming your mindset, transforming your confidence, um, turning into the best version of yourself is so rewarding because it's not easy. And when you accept that, 
it makes it a little bit easier to accept the hardness of it. And that's kind of a weird way to put it, I know, but it's the truth. When you go into it with the correct expectations, you set yourself up to be actually be able to be successful because you don't go into it thinking it's going to be this cakewalk. And when it's not, you get slapped in the face and say, screw this because it's not what I signed up for, right? And so that's what um, that's my spiel for you to start this thing out. Like I said, we're going to talk about how to make overeating harder, and I've got six different steps here for you. Again, there's probably a lot more than this that that you could um, do, but if I just throw a ton of information at you all at once, it's not going to be very productive. I would rather give you six very intelligent, very useful tips that you can start implementing right away. Regardless if you start with all six or you start with a couple and start to add more back on top of this as time goes on, either way works. But I'm going to give you six very useful things that you can use to take a proactive approach to your nutrition and make overeating harder like I've explained. So the first one is to base every meal and snack around a protein source of ideally at least 20 to 25 grams of protein. What does this do? First and foremost, when it comes to protein, we know that when we're tracking, we're trying to lose body fat. Protein is a main component to us holding on to lean muscle tissue while we're in a calorie deficit, which is going to force our body to drop body fat and not lose actual muscle tissue while dieting, which is going to be a huge thing when it comes to keeping our metabolism strong, keeping us fully satiated while dieting, meaning staying fuller for longer. And that's because protein is actually the slowest digesting of all of the macronutrients between protein, carbs, and fats. Protein takes the longest amount of time in your digestive system to break down and absorb, meaning it's going to help keep you fuller for a longer period of time. And one thing when we're in a calorie deficit, we're eating less calories than our body burns, right? That's going to lead to some hunger along the way. And so if you just eat some carbs and some fats, let's say you go have a granola bar or whatever it is, and, and you're on minimal calories for the day, that's only got carbs in it. It's got fats in it. Um, that's going to absorb a lot quicker. That's going to digest a lot quicker, which isn't going to help keep you very full, as well as you're going to be on minimal calories while trying to keep your protein level um, up at a higher number. It's going to make it very hard for you to be able to stay within your calories, hit your protein level, and keep you satiated on a by on a meal-to-meal basis. And so the main component for you to make overeating harder is to not choose foods that are simply super easy to overeat on. We know when we're basing our meals, our snacks around a protein source, it's going to be much harder to overeat on a protein because it's going to be more filling than a carb or a fat. That doesn't mean that we can't eat carbs and fats and that we need to avoid those and just eat protein by any means, but it means the base of the majority of our meals and the majority of our snacks should be around at least 20 to 25 grams of protein to slow down the absorption, to slow down the digestion, to help keep you fuller as well as increase your protein intake every time that you're eating calories so that you're forcing yourself to get closer to that protein intake so that you don't put yourself in a position to where you hit your caloric intake and you never hit your protein intake by the end of the day. So you have to switch that around and focus your meals on a very simple protein source each and every meal that you eat and that's going to set you up for in a position to where it's going to make it much harder to overeat and that comes down to it kind of gives you a guideline so if you want to eat something and let's say there's a granola bar right there let's say there's some nuts or something like that sure those are fine options in the grand scheme of things but where we're trying to make overeating harder we're trying to stay in a deficit it's probably not the smartest thing to eat at that moment right it probably makes more sense to grab some jerky that's going to be high in protein it might probably make more sense to grab um, a protein bar or make a protein smoothie with some frozen fruit and maybe like some Greek yogurt um, 
and some protein powder, something like that, or even just some Greek yogurt and fruit, something that's going to base that on a protein source so that it's going to slow down digestion and put you in a position to when you're done eating, you actually feel more satiated so that you're not triggered to want to continue eating afterwards. And that leads on to point number two, which is include a fruit or vegetable in at least two to three of your meals every single day. This is a very generic um, point to put out there. And it's something that I think we've all learned growing up as kids that we're supposed to eat our fruit. We're supposed to eat our vegetables. There are some crazy nutrition people out there these days on the interwebs that are telling you that fruit is bad and fruit makes you fat and the sugars inside of fruit are not good for you, which I'll be 100% honest is complete bullshit. Fruit has a ton of micronutrients in it, a ton of minerals. Um, there's a lot of really low cal or low calorie, high volume fruits that are amazing for you. I think, I think watermelon, I think, um, bananas, I think strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, all of these low calorie, high volume fruits that one are going to allow you to able to eat a high volume of them for minimal calories, which is going to help again um, when it comes to your sati satiation, satiation, is that the word? Your satiety, however you want to say it. Um, it's going to help keep you full, right? The more fruit that you can consume, that doesn't mean you want to eat a ton of fruit every single day, but having two to three servings of fruits, two to three servings of vegetables on a day-to-day -day basis is gonna help keep you very full. But on top of that, it's also going to help in terms of getting your micronutrients in for the day, your vitamins, your minerals. And these are very important as we're dieting. Something that a lot of people don't think about is that do you have to eat select food groups to be able to drop body fat? At the end of the day, no. It's gonna come down to your caloric intake, staying in a calorie deficit. It's gonna come down to eating enough protein to retain lean muscle tissue while you're in that deficit so your body's forced to pull from fat stores um, as energy to drop body fat over the long term. But something that a lot of people don't ever bring up is if you're not getting in a good amount of fruits and vegetables or just getting in, in a variety of vitamins and minerals into your body, well, vitamins and minerals are what help regulate your hormonal production. And your hormonal production is something that regulates your metabolic rate. And your me metabolic rate is something that has a direct impact on fat loss and how sustainable that is in your situation over the long term. And so if you're never getting any fruits, never getting any vegetables into your diet and your hormones are downregulated because of this, and then it has a direct impact on your metabolism because of this and it makes fat loss a whole lot harder, it's not that you have to eat fruits and vegetables to lose fat, but eating fruits and vegetables promote... Um, better hormones, which is going to promote a better metabolic rate, which is going to put you in a much better position to be able to lose body fat easier. So with that said, two to three servings of fruits, two to three servings of vegetables every single day is going to help put you in a much stronger position. Long-term one, it's going to keep, it's going to almost be an insurance policy to help your hormonal profile stay in a better position as you're dieting. And two, fruits and vegetables are extremely satiating for minimal calories when we're thinking of broccoli, carrots, um, cauliflower, zucchini, again, watermelon, strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, all of these different types of foods are, you can eat a lot of them to help keep you full without, without being, without taking too much up of your caloric budget on a day-to-day -day basis so that you can go to bed at night or you can get done with your meals and still feel full even though you're on minimal calories, which again is going to make it much easier for you to stay within your caloric intake and make it much harder to go over your caloric intake by the end of the day. So two to three servings of fruits, 
two to three servings of vegetables on a daily basis while calories are low is an absolute must. And that takes us into number three, which is be intentional with sauces and oils. Something that I run into with people all of the time is we're tracking. They think that they're on point with the amount of food that they're eating and, and they're not losing weight, let's say, because they think that they're in a calorie deficit because they're eating, let's say, the 1,500 to 1,600 calories that I have laid out for them. They're where I want them eating. And then we go in and I take a look at their food logs. We're seeing the foods that they're choosing, what that looks like. And then I always ask them, okay, what are you using for sauces? What are you using for oils? And a lot of people are like, well, I didn't think I had to track that. And in particular cases, maybe you don't need to, but it, it depends on what kind of sauces and what kind of oils you're using. If you're throwing in olive oil into a pan and cooking all of your meat with that, and then you're using ranch or barbecue sauce or these, these different types of higher calorie sauces at each of your meals, and you're not accounting for those, well, that can make up another 400 to 700 calories in your day-to-day -day budget. So you think you're consuming 1500 to 1600 calories, but you're truly consuming 2000 to 2100 calories, which ends up putting you in a maintenance level of calories or even potentially a slight surplus without you even realizing it because it's not truly foods that you're consuming, but it's the sauces that are leaking from the, um, the calories that are leaking from the sauces, the oils that you aren't paying attention to. So you have to be very smart with this. When you're looking at sauces, trying to make sure that each sauce that you use is low in calories and not using, wasting a lot of calories when you're on a in a calorie deficit on things like ranch, on things like barbecue, just on things that aren't going to be very satiating, but are things that you just enjoy to taste, but are going to use up a lot of calories and put you in a self, in a, yourself in a position by the end of the day where you're still hungry, even though you've eaten all of your calories, or if you haven't tracked them at all and you're expecting them to not count towards your caloric budget for the day, you're going to end up extremely frustrated when you're not losing weight, when you feel like you're on track with everything. And so you have to be intentional when it comes to oils. Using sprays is always my number one recommendation. Instead of using like an olive oil or, or avocado oil or coconut oil, whatever it is that you want to use, just using those simple sprays and keeping those to a minimum as well. Because something else that nobody really talks about is that those spray cans actually have, um, calories in them. So if you're sitting there spraying a ton of spray on your pan and you think that there's just zero calories in that, that's what the FDA wants you to think they're allowed to, the companies are allowed to round to the nearest 10th when it comes to, um, showing calories on a food label. And so let's say if, uh, a one second spray has, let's say five or six calories in it, whatever it may be, they can ran down to zero, a whole number and say that this, this spray has zero calories. This isn't something for you to worry about too much. This is kind of getting into the weeds, but again, just being aware of that as well as being very aware of, um, olive oils, avocado oils, coconut oils, um, all these different types of oils that are very high in calories. Again, it's not something that's going to help fill us up really, but they're what we cook our food with that can ruin our calorie budget for the day and keep us, um, plateaued in terms of progress when we don't even realize it. And same thing goes for sauces. So being very smart about the sauces that you choose. I love to use things like salsas, things, things like taco sauces. And then I'm just always looking for light sauces, right? I'm looking for sauces that are based out of like, um, a Greek yogurt base or something that's generally less than 50 calories per serving. So that I'm not using up too many calories 
um, in sauces while dieting, but still I'm adding a little bit of flavor to the meals that I'm, I'm eating as well as still adding seasoning, sodium, not worrying about that. So I'm having flavor on my foods, but I'm not just being mindless and going and using ranches or, or regular barbecue sauces and using a bunch of it and thinking I don't have to count those calories when at the end of the day, they're still counting regardless if I'm counting them or not. And that can be what slips you up with progress and really slows you down. All right. Number four is a very inconvenient and very proactive one that will make a huge difference if it's something that you can commit to doing for a bit of time. And it's tracking everything at the beginning of the day or even the night before that is. So before you go to bed, tracking your entire day that's coming up in terms of your food log for the day so that you've simply simply built yourself a meal plan for the day before getting into the day so that as you start your day, you don't even have to worry about the foods that you're eating. You've already got it tracked. You've already got it either prepared or it's in the fridge ready to be cooked, whatever it is. You've got the decision of the foods that you're going to eat to hit your numbers taken care of. It's not something that you have to worry about. And again, this means you're going to have to be proactive, right? You're going to have to track this stuff the night before, make sure that it's foods that you have available to yourself. Um, but if you set this up, it takes away that decision fatigue. It takes away the game of Tetris when it comes to tracking so that you're literally prepared. And for you to go grab something that's not on the list that you've created for yourself in terms of your MyFitnessPal that you've already tracked, you're going to be much more resilient to wanting to go and grab something because you've already taken the time to track your day and you know you've already planned out the day for yourself. And so it's going to be a lot harder for yourself just to go grab that bag of M&Ms or go grab that that random treat that's sitting in the office or whatever it may it may be because you've simply already taken the time to track it and you've already set yourself up from success to put yourself in that mindset that these are the foods that I'm eating for the day. I really have no excuse or no reason to not stay on track because I've already taken the deliberate time to track it to put myself in a strong position to be successful. And so if you can get in this habit and start tracking your meals either the night before or in the morning of the day of, you're setting yourself up for so much better success long-term. And again, is this something that you're going to do forever? No, it's definitely not. And this actually leads to number five um, as we're talking about this. And this is keeping food choices similar on a day-to-day -day basis. And what this means is as you've started tracking your meals the night before or the morning before and you're hitting your numbers very consistently, well, at this point, if you're choosing foods that help keep you full, if you're including um, micronutrients with vitamins and minerals, you're being intentional with your sauces and your oils, you're getting a good amount of protein in each of those meals, well, you're probably seeing really good progress at this point because you're staying consistent and you're tracking everything beforehand. What a lot of people try to do at this point that always amazes me is they try to reinvent the will, meaning they try to just completely change up their days of eating and eat different things every single day at breakfast, eat different things every single day at lunch, eat different things every single day at, at dinner, as well as in their snacks, which ends up leaving you in this game of Tetris over and over and makes tracking extremely hard. And I don't say this to say that you have to eat the same things every single day for the rest of your life. We have to have flexibility, right? You will get extremely bored of eating the same things forever. But what I mean here is as you've done this for a good amount of time and you've tracked everything beforehand and you're following this list, now you're setting yourself up in a position to where tracking is almost like clockwork. It'll literally take you one to two minutes per day to do. Um, 
and you don't have to reinvent the wheel and choose new meals every single day. Start choose, have a, a couple meal items that you'll choose at every single meal. So you have one to two different meals that you'll choose at breakfast each day. Have one to two meals that you'll choose at lunch each day. One to two meals that you'll choose at dinner. One to two meals that you'll choose at for your snack. And then just follow that for one, two, three, four weeks until you start to get sick of any of those meals and then just pull them out and swap them out for something different and continue to rotate through those same things rather than trying to always create something new. And one, this just helps create a lot more structure. Two, it takes away the decision of always trying to find something new to eat and it just helps you create a routine. For myself, every morning I eat the exact same thing. I have um, two cups of Greek yogurt that I mix with one and a half scoops of protein powder. And then for lunch, it's either Chipotle or it is um, usually like a deli sandwich or something. For snacks, it's usually usually, usually a protein bar for the most part. Sometimes it might be something a little bit different, but generally I'm just trying to have a protein bar. And then for dinner, it's, it's, this is where it gets a little bit more flexible. I maybe have like two to five different options that I'll choose from. If it's something that my wife's cooking, again, we try to keep everything high protein, or it's just like some ground beef with some rice and vegetables, um, or like some quesadillas or just something simple, simple that's still high in protein. And then for a snack after dinner, it's either like some protein ice cream, or maybe it's a little bit of popcorn or a fiber one bar if I've already hit my protein goal. And again, I just have these same foods that I rotate in on a daily basis that one, I enjoy the taste of, I like eating them. And two, I know that they're high in terms of satiety. So they're going to help keep me full. Um, and three, they're just, they're very consistent. They're very easy to stick with because I enjoy eating them. They keep me within my um, numbers that I need for the day. They help keep me full and just put me in a position to be successful without having to worry about it by thinking about it so much and having to come up with new, making new decisions on a day-to-day basis. And so keeping food choices similar is a huge one. And then you can obviously create some flexibility like around the weekends and stuff in your day-to-day routine, keeping those meals very similar. But then if like you want to go out on a date night or um, you want to cook something that's a little bit more fun or something. Something on the weekends. We can obviously find room for that types of flexibility, but the majority of the time, if you just make food a part of your routine and a part of your habits, which is the foods that you choose on a day-to-day basis, as long as they're foods that you enjoy to eat, you're going to set yourself up to be so much more successful long-term because you've taken that decision-making out of that process so that you just create a routine that you can stay in day in and day out. And it's not something that you have to worry or stress about near as much. And so I highly recommend that one. If I, if I recommended any of these options to you, this would be the biggest one in my opinion, because again, it takes away that decision fatigue. And in my experience, that's what wrecks so many people's goals when it comes to nutrition is getting worn down by having to make new decisions on different foods to try to eat, especially when you're following a flexible dieting protocol. When you think, oh, I can eat whatever I want as long as I'm within my calories and my protein goal, the world is my oyster, so to speak. And you're 100% right. It is. At the end of the day, as long as you're hitting calories, as long as you're hitting protein, you're good to go. But trying to eat different foods every single day to hit those numbers and play this Tetris game makes tracking a pain in the ass. And when it's a pain in the ass in your life and it's something that's very inconvenient, it's something that you're ultimately going to let go of long term. You have to be honest with yourself about that. So get 
comfortable eating similar foods the majority of the time. Create yourself a meal plan with two to three different meal options at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Same thing for your snacks. Rotate through those. So every time you go to the grocery store, you're grabbing the same things. You're just creating a structure for yourself around your food and then adding flexibility in around social occasions, um, date nights, um, some weekends, vacations, different things like that so that you don't go crazy and you don't lead to burnout, but at the same time, you're setting yourself up for much better success or more realistic success long-term because you're building routines rather than just lying in the inconsistence or not the inconsistence, but lying in the inconvenience of tracking for the rest of your life, which leads us to the last point that I'm going to go over here with you. And it's something that I've talked a lot about over the years as we've been podcasting, and that's not always being in a calorie deficit. Yes, to lose body fat, you have to be in a calorie deficit. But what you have to understand as you're tracking calories and you're eating less calories than your body is burning on a day-to-day basis with time, your hunger is going to increase. That's that's 100% normal. Your hunger will increase the longer that you diet, as well as your metabolism is going to slowly downregulate over time. And the biggest mistake that you could make is thinking that you need to be in a calorie deficit forever. Or the biggest mistake that you can make really is trying, continuing to try to diet on really low calories when your hunger is sky high and you're not really making that much progress anymore because your metabolism has slowly started to adapt it, to adapt. When you get to this point, you don't just continue to try harder. We have to let off the gas. We have to get to a point to where we bring calories back up to a maintenance level and we allow our hunger levels to get better. We allow our stress levels to get better. We take away the, all the decision-making, all of the stress of thinking we need to make more and more and more progress when it comes to fat loss. And we're just realistic about this and realize that maintenance, eating at a maintenance level of calories, which is the the same amount of calories that your body burns on a day-to-day basis, that's your home home base. That's where we want to live long-term. To go out and drop body fat, yes, we have to leave that home base. We have to get uncomfortable. We have to induce a stress on your body and eat less than it burns for your body to be forced to pull body fat off of your body and use that as energy to improve your body composition. But that's not where we stay forever. To sustain a result that you create in terms of fat loss, you don't have to sustain a calorie deficit. You have to sustain maintenance and maintenance is where we increase calories. We put you back up to a maintenance level. We allow your hormones to recover. We allow your mind to recover. We allow the pressure of having to create more progress. We allow that to recover, to put yourself in a position to either hold on to that result long-term and get to a point to where you've built up these habits for such a long time with tracking that now you're at a point that you can pull away the actual tool of tracking and in more of an intuitive manner to sustain that result long-term and more of an intuitive um, mindset, or we have to maintain for long enough to, for hunger levels to come back for your mindset to recover so that we can go back into another deficit into the future. If you have more body fat that you want to lose and you start to periodize your nutrition in this manner of going through all these inconveniences that I just mentioned to you of, of these five, these first five of the list, you're going to get worn down. You can't just do that forever. It's a part of the process. It's part of the inconvenience, but it doesn't have to be a part of the rest of your life. If you'll do it consistently for a long enough period of time to create the result that you want to, 
then we can start to increase calories back up to that maintenance level so that you can sustain what you've created and prosper from all of that hard work and all of that inconvenience that you put in to get you to where you're at at that point. So remember that. Don't always be in a calorie deficit. If you're getting very hungry, if your life is super stress, stressful at the moment, you have a lot of responsibilities outside of your nutrition that are getting in your way and you're still trying to, to diet and you're hungry and not creating very good progress or maybe your consistency isn't as, as good as you would like it to be, take a step back. Eat up closer to a maintenance level of calories. Give yourself a realistic expectation. Allow your stress to get better. Allow your routines to get better. Focus on the things in the short term that need to be dealt with to put yourself in a position long term to be able to put yourself as a priority and go out and finish creating that result that you have. Sometimes taking a step back and away is exactly what you need to be able to put yourself back into the fire and continue to push forward with more motivation, more clarity, and more persistence. So hopefully this episode helped you. Hopefully you have some tools here to now make overeating harder. I would highly suggest taking these strategies, implementing them into your day-to-day, and seeing how that affects your progress over the long term. Because if there's anything that I know, consistency is damn hard. It's not easy. But when you start to take a proactive approach and use strategies like this that we've laid out for you, it will make it a whole lot easier than it probably is for you at the moment. So as always, I really do appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you found value from this episode today, I would be highly appreciative if you would take a screenshot, put it on your social medias, tag me in it so that I can send you a message and repost it on mine and show others that you're finding value from here as well. So hopefully you all have an amazing day and I'll talk with you soon.